Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Here we go. I'm so grateful. I'm in uh, Pontevedra, Spain, uh, walking the Camino, part of the Camino, the Portuguese and Spanish coast is what we've been on. And I'm with a whole beautiful group of friends, longtime friends and new friends, and we're having a glorious time. And I'm so happy to take a break and share with you. So let's begin with a prayer, a blessing. I place my hand on my heart and I am grateful and thankful to open myself to the truth. I'm interested in the truth. I'm grateful for the truth that restores me to my right mind. So grateful and thankful to focus on the undoing of fear, the full release of whatever it is that is the root cause of fear and all thoughts, beliefs, patterns, remembrances, hidden and known that are the causes of fear. We're allowing them to be permanently dissolved and resolved back to the root cause so we never experience them again. We open ourselves to a healing that is profoundly transformative. We're willing to have a healing right here, right now, and we share the benefits with everyone. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) So uh, our topic this week comes from the first section of chapter 28. Chapter 28 itself is entitled The Undoing of Fear. Section 1 is the present memory. So we're going to dive into this. I, I, It's interesting. I was just flipping through the book, and this is what I came upon, the beginning of chapter 28. And it's so perfect because I'm getting ready for, in a week's time, to begin my Finding Freedom from Fear spiritual boot camp based on A Course in Miracles principles. So I'm thinking about the undoing of the habit of fear, the root causes and the expressions of fear, and the healing that we can have in our awareness that truly reduces, resolves, and dissolves the causes of fear and the experience of fear. And I've been so aware of it as I've been traveling on the Camino for the last 10 days or so that my mind has shifted so profoundly since, uh, really accelerated since I started studying and in, in real practice of A Course in Miracles. So truly living A Course in Miracles has been extraordinarily healing for me. And I've been writing about it every day in my blog because it's so, my daily shot of spiritual espresso, because it's so clear to me that we can profoundly transform. It used to be that packing to go on a long trip was nerve-wracking for me. It used to be that traveling what was something that when I did it, I would feel unsafe, insecure, and so much more likely to be agitated, irritated, frustrated, annoyed, and vulnerable, feeling very, very vulnerable, feeling very protective. And I would see more of my old personality popping up. And the less control I had over the environment, the more vulnerable I would feel 
and the quicker to irritation I would be. And I notice so many things that other people don't notice. I just, that's how my personality is, just noticing many, many things. And, and of course, there are many things I don't notice that other people notice. <laughs> and I look at everything in life from a standpoint of customer service, customer care. And in the Power of Love Ministry, we call it community care. And we have a whole team of people that are dedicated to community care. And they do a very good job, and it's very important to them. And it's very important to me. And I'm always looking for ways that we can improve things. So when the customer service is poor, it really stands out to me. It used to really bother me. Now I just make note of it. Sometimes I think, should I go seek out the manager and say, hey, you know what? You've got a real opportunity to improve your customer service here if you're interested. Because honestly, that's what I appreciate people do in the Power of Love ministry, that people will come to me or say something about how things can be improved. It's so helpful when people do that without blame, without attack, without uh, intense criticism and judgment, but with a truly helpful attitude. It's so beautiful, and it is indeed so very helpful. So just noticing that as we go along the trip, uh, of course, there are many things that are not as I would prefer them to be, but it rarely bothers me. I won't say it never bothers me, but it rarely bothers me, certainly compared to what it used to be like for me. And so I'm just so grateful for that. That, that is a gift that I have given myself through my spiritual practice. And I'm thinking about these things very attentively right now, particularly because we start Finding Freedom from Fear boot camp on Monday, October 16. And so as we're preparing to begin that class, which is all about uh, opening up to a uh, helpful, productive spiritual practice that eliminates the root causes of fear, my attention is more focused on eliminating the root causes of fear, being conscious about it, and uh, it's my constant topic of thought and contemplation so that I can be more helpful than ever before in teaching and leading Finding Freedom from Fear boot camp again. Uh, we started the first one in 2008, so we've been doing this for 16 years, and that's because it's so helpful and so effective. And of course, I give Spirit all the credit for leading me and guiding me as to what to do and how to make it. I don't feel like any of it. It's really my idea. It's all Spirit's idea, and I am grateful to be able to execute it and to fulfill it and to live it myself. And I began this program because I had so much happening in my family that was distressing to me. And being led by spirit, which I started to be able to do because I was doing the spiritual practices that opened the mind intuitively. And the more intuitive I become, the easier my life is because I'm simply following the direction of spirit and knowing, of course, that following the direction of spirit is I don't have to do things I don't wish to do because the direction of spirit is not outside of me. The deep desire of my heart is to be aligned with my own holiness and it is my own holiness that is leading me and guiding me. So there's a synergy there 
when we're really willing and really put our attention on God, there's a, an extraordinary synergy and a flow that begins to reveal itself that we can be smack dab in the middle of, and it's deeply fulfilling, deeply transformative. What I witness again and again with myself and with others is that there is truth, very essential truth, wisdom, insight, that simply is not available to us when our beliefs are blocking it. So first, we must absolutely, we must be willing to give up the attachment to our beliefs in order to have the truth revealed to us. I'm so grateful that no matter how conflicted we are, no matter how frightened and worried and terrified and sick of ourselves that we are, it can get so much better. And one of the main things we can learn to do is give up all our defenses, to give up the need to be right about anything, anything at all. Just give that up. Arguing for I'm right is one of the most self-destructive things. Just think, in all the teachings of Jesus, is there any place where you ever feel that he's arguing to be right? The thing about the truth, the thing about the still small voice, the thing about spirit is it's repetitive, it's gentle, it's kind, it's respectful, and it is relentless, absolutely relentless. This is one of the things I say all the time that the presence of God is absolutely relentless. Pure spirit, the power of love within us is relentless. Hmm. And thank God. Thank God that that's true. Oh my goodness. Thank God that's true. So let's look at chapter 8 here. The Undoing of Fear is the name of the chapter. And the first section is entitled... The present memory. So, the miracle does nothing. All it does is undo. And thus it cancels out the interference to what has been done. The miracle does nothing. All it does is to undo. So, the miracle is the undoing of our attachment to the ego thought system. That's what the miracle is. It's when we release our attachment to the ego thought system. And when we let go of any attachment to the ego thought system, like a particular belief, and it could be something like dogs are scary, or it could be that people of a certain race are not human, it, whatever the, the thought or the belief is, when we are willing to let go of our attachment to that falsehood, that is the miracle itself. And then the truth is revealed. And when the truth is revealed, it feels like something miraculous has occurred. And it's not the revelation of the truth. It's that we're no longer hiding from the truth because the truth has been there all along, but we were blocking it with what basically is a false belief that functions as a veil or an obscuration to what the truth is. So the miracle does nothing. It, all it does is to undo, and thus it cancels out the interference to what has been done. So what has been done is we've chosen the blocks to love, and the miracle 
cancels out that interference. It does not add, but merely takes away. So here is yet another way of Jesus telling us, reminding us, everything that can be given to us, all of God, the, the clarity, the creativity, the wisdom, the beauty, the harmony, prosperity, the wholeness, the abundance, the joy, the freedom, all these spiritual qualities and more have already been given to us in their fullness. When we seek the kingdom within, it seems like everything's being added unto us, but actually what is occurring is when we seek the kingdom within, we're removing the blocks to love, so now we can recognize what is already there, what has already been there all the way along. What it takes away is long since gone, but being kept in memory appears to have immediate effects. This world was over long ago. The thoughts that made it are no longer in the mind that thought of them and loved them for a little while. The miracle that shows the past is gone, and what has truly gone has no effects. Remembering a cause can but produce illusions of its presence, not effects. So one of the key teachings of A Course in Miracles is that we're mentally reviewing a world gone by. And this is understandably difficult to comprehend to think that we're not actually living our life when it seems like, oh, if I cut myself, I bleed. If I fall down and scrape my knee, I'm bleeding. It doesn't seem like I'm reviewing something in the past. It seems like it's happening right now. If I'm taking a shower, it feels like it's happening now, not something in the past. Now, here's how I work with this. I don't think about it. <laughs> I just don't think about it. I'm much more interested in concentrating on I'm receptive to the highest and best possibilities. I'm interested in choosing the most loving choices. I'm interested in calling forth and experiencing and being grateful for the highest and best, most loving life I can possibly lead and sharing the benefits with everyone. That's where my focus is. It's not on trying to comprehend how it could be that I'm just reviewing the past. I accept that that's a fact and I can hold it in my mind. But really what's most helpful to me, and it may not be for you, but it is for me, the most helpful thing is what is the most loving choice I can experience right now? So what is the most loving choice in terms of what I eat? What is the most loving choice in terms of what I think? What is the most loving choice in terms of what I say? What is the most loving choice in terms of what I do? And on and on like that. That's where I keep placing my attention because the more I choose love, the more healing I have of the ego thought system. All right. All the effects of guilt are here no more, for guilt is over. In its passing went its consequences, left without a cause. Now remember at the end of chapter 5, in that prayer that Jesus gives us that I call the parent's prayer, it's about undoing the guilt and undoing the root causes of uh, anything that disturbs our peace. So uh, there's the line in there, I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will, und will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I let him and I want to let him. So 
for me, this has been one of the most helpful tools for me in working with my consciousness and with my heart and mind is to recognize and to know that the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I allow it, and I do allow it. I am asking for it. I am requesting it. I am demanding it, truthfully. Not that I need to demand it, but I'm demanding it of myself. I'm requiring of myself that I allow the healing that I am entitled to, that I allow the transformation that I am entitled to. I'm entitled to go back to the default settings of perfection, wholeness, Christ nature. I am entitled to be as my true self, to live as my true self, to know my true self, to share my true self. I'm entitled to miracles. And it is a miracle when I live from my true self. So I am demanding of myself that I require that of myself and that I stop accepting less. So in A Course in Miracles, Jesus talks about we're far too tolerant of mind. It's mind wandering away from the truth. It's mind wandering away from love. So our, our job, our responsibility, our demonstration of our true willingness and authentic willingness is when we bring our attention back to love. What would love do? What would love know? What would love choose? What would love allow? We, the more I talk with people, and I'm so blessed to be able to talk with so many people with, from a deep, intimate place, And being able to do that, allowing uh, myself to really connect with people, I recognize how many ego habits we have. And we are often so much alike that one of the things is, is we don't feel entitled to miracles. We don't feel entitled to love. We don't feel entitled to compassion. We withhold it from ourselves. It's such a common pattern. And that is the unconscious guilt. And with the unconscious guilt, there's always shame. That's my experience. And so we are giving ourselves this opportunity every minute to be willing to let that past go to forget about that past. And that's what this section is very much about, the undoing of fear. All of the effects of guilt are here no more. This is the beginning of chapter 28, section 1, paragraph 2. All the effects of guilt are here no more, for guilt is over. In its passing went its consequences, left without a cause. Why would you cling to it in memory if you did not desire its effects. So what, another way to say that is you must be desiring the effects of guilt or you wouldn't cling to it in your memory. Then he says, remembering is as selective as perception, being its past tense. So memory, remembering, is the past tense of perception. Remember, perception is projection. Projection is perception. So our perception is how we view the world, ourselves, life, God, everything, through the lens of our beliefs. So remembering is not being in the present moment. It's looking at the past through the lens of our perception, which is our beliefs. 
It is perception of the past as if it were occurring now and still were there to see. That's what remembering is. It's perception of the past as if it were occurring now and still were there to see. One of the ways that I talk about this frequently is what I see many people doing is they are living in memory and the pain of it. And it just keeps recurring and recurring and recurring as if it were happening now. And so this is why the self-forgiveness work that we do in my programs is so profoundly healing because it eliminates the pattern of remembering the painful past. I've got so much more to share about this, and I truly am on fire with this topic. Oh, my goodness. Ah, It's time for me to take a break. My name is Jennifer Hadley. I love A Course in Miracles, and I'll be right back with more. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles. Living the love, walking the talk. Welcome back. (laughs) So we're talking about coming into the present moment and releasing our attachment to repeating the past. We're looking at chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear, and the first section, which is entitled The Present Memory. And one of the things I would just like to share before I go any further into this section in the text is that my Finding Freedom from Fear boot camp starts Monday, October 16th. You are invited to join. This is one of my signature programs. It is the perfect introduction to my year-long course, Masterful Living. Masterful Living 2024 starts at the beginning of January, and it's a year-long program. It is profoundly life-changing. It's about having a spiritual practice that really works for you. So I give you the building blocks, and together uh, we build a spiritual practice that works for you. If you would like to have a profoundly supportive spiritual community, consider joining Finding Freedom and then Masterful Living. Uh, People tell me every year, over and over and over and over again, Jennifer, I have never experienced such a loving spiritual community in my life. You promised an amazing community and you delivered. And this is the cornerstone of our spiritual practice. Of course, I say this all the time, the cornerstone of our spiritual practice is being loving and grateful, being loving and grateful. Part of being loving is being compassionate, having loving understanding for ourselves and others. So the power of love ministry, the spiritual community of these programs, we come together many times a week in different configurations and people can participate as much or as little as they would like. We do live things every day, many times a day. So anybody who would like to can come into our prayer room and join our prayer room in these programs. Uh, And we meditate together. We pray together. We have meditation sessions a couple of times a day. I mean, it's just ongoing. So you can do a little. You can do a lot. That's up to you. You can join the classes live. You can listen to the replays. However it works for you, we help you design a spiritual practice and a program that works for you. But being loving, compassionate, grateful, patient, kind, generous, these are the cornerstones of any spiritual practice that's actually effective because it is the being loving, grateful, compassionate, kind, patient, understanding, willing, these 
capacities are what we build and strengthen and develop. They improve all your relationships. They improve all your experiences in the workplace, in the family, with your friends, in your community, with your body. It's extraordinary the, the, the ripples of healing that we can experience in our life when these are our most basic spiritual practices. And of course, anybody can do this on their own. It's just so much easier when we do it together. Because when we do it together, then I get to practice being compassionate with you. I get to practice being patient with you. I get to practice being loving and grateful with you. And when I do that, then you get to do it with me and we're opening our hearts together. This is why Jesus in the Course talks so much about joining together and the benefits of joining together. So it's not quite the same to join together to study A Course in Miracles. And of course, that's beneficial. There's no question of that. But we're actually applying the teachings, not just trying to comprehend them, but to live them and demonstrate them. And that is deeply healing. And it's much easier to do it with each other and develop that capacity and practice. And then we can take it out to family, to friends, to co-workers, to the world. And it's profound how it works. Now, speaking of, oh, I do want to say one more thing here. I have my spiritual counseling training intensive. Anyone can take that, anyone. We've had lawyers take it and uh, people who are business professionals who would like to uh, increase their capacity to speak with their clients and nurture their clients. I've had all kinds of uh, massage therapists and um, social workers, uh, acupuncturists, um, people who work in business, banks, and, and all kinds of different worlds take the spiritual counseling intensive for their own personal healing to be able to communicate better and listen better to their family members, to their children and grandchildren. And so uh, sometimes people take it just their grandmother, their uh, grandfather, they're uh, interested in having these skills of communication and profoundly increasing their intuition, their ability to discern correctly. Now, another thing is many of us don't listen with a deeply compassionate listening. And uh, we tend to be judgmental and critical and complaining. And healing that is one of the high priorities for me in all my programs. And of course, it's essential for spiritual counselors. So I have a spiritual counseling certification program, and this spiritual counseling training intensive is part of that certification program. One of the things that is an imperative to me that I've gotten from Spirit is to train people who would like to have spiritual careers like I do or of their own design. And so people who would like to be spiritual counselors, prayer practitioners, ministers, teachers, spiritual writers, like me, I write my, my daily shot of spiritual espresso every day. So if you're interested in a spiritual career, or you just work with clients, you work with clients in any kind of way whatsoever. I've had many people who are already therapists and um, offering uh, counseling to people, therapy sessions, uh, longtime therapists, psychologists, and uh, medical doctors, all kinds of folks have taken my spiritual counseling training and 
If you would like to see if you can get CEUs for it, continuing education units, we're happy to help you with that. Also, teachers have taken it, lots of different kinds of teachers. Um, so that's coming up in the middle of November, and I pair it back-to-back -back with my forgiveness retreat so that people who would like to do a double dose of healing can come and do both. And also, it's really nice for people who are coming from Australia, from Europe, from a long way away, that they can come and do both events back-to-back. -back. We usually have a lot of people from Masterful Living in these programs, so we get to be each together, which is so lovely, is we get to know each other so well in classes, and then to be in person together is just, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. And I can tell you that right now uh, on the Camino, we've got a lot of people from Masterful Living, and I was saying at breakfast this morning, I... Uh, I, I was saying, I just love being together. To me, that is the very best part of this Camino experience is the fact that we get to be together. And I, I started to cry. Oh, I was just happy tears, happy tears that we get to be together on this Camino adventure. So when we are together for a retreat or an event like that, it's, it's so happy-making for me. I love that we love each other and we get to love each other. It's a beautiful thing. So the forgiveness retreat is very inexpensive, and we have a great deal at the hotel for your food. It's a resort, actually, for your food and lodging. It's in upstate New York both of these events back-to-back -back at the same place. Sometimes when I do things at a resort like this, what uh, people do is they bring their spouse. Yes, they bring their spouse so that uh, they can uh, come and join them, and then the spouse will come and do uh, meals with us. It's lovely. We get to know people's spouses. That's really wonderful. Sometimes it's a sibling that they bring or a friend, and a friend can enjoy the resort while we're doing the training or the retreat if they don't feel like doing it. So just letting you know these options are available. But the main thing that I'm interested in sharing here is that the living spiritual practice of love, gratitude, compassion, understanding, patience is what we are practicing together. And there's no substitute for it. It's easier to practice with each other than it is with our family, obviously, and our friends because we don't have the same attachments. And being able to practice with each other in really being super compassionate it's so healing because one of the great things about our community is we are more willing to accept and receive the love and compassion from each other very often more than other friends and family in the world. Isn't that interesting that we're more open to receiving the love, the compassion, the kindness, the patience, the generosity from the people in the spiritual community than from people who are not part of the community. And one of the great things, too, is there's, in all of the programs, whether it's in person or online, there is such a release of guilt and shame through the very specific practices of A Course in Miracles that we're doing together. And just what it says here in this section about perception, projection, and memory. Uh, going back to this here, remembering is as selective as perception being its past tense. It is perception of the past as if it were occurring now and still were there to see. Memory, like perception, is a skill made up by you 
to take the place of what God gave in your creation. So memory is a skill like perception made up by you to take the place of what God gave in your creation. So to take the place of our knowing the truth. That's what memory is doing. It is taking the place of knowing the truth, knowing the Christ within. This is why we cannot seek the kingdom outside of ourselves. Because there is no outside of ourselves. There is only the kingdom, and the kingdom is within. There's no other way to get to it. He goes on. And like all the things you made, it can be used to serve another purpose and to be the means for something else. It can be used to heal and not to hurt if you so wish it to be. So memory can be used to heal and not to hurt if you so wish it to be. Now, here's another instance of our willingness is all that's required. So right now, in this moment, let's say, Holy Spirit, I'd like memory and perception to be used to heal and not to hurt. From now on, let memory and perception be used to heal and not to hurt. I am willing. Lead me, guide me, show me, teach me, help me remember the truth. He goes on, paragraph three. Nothing employed for healing represents an effort to do anything at all. There it is. Our willingness is all that's required. Nothing employed for healing represents an effort to do anything at all. I need do nothing. I need to be willing. I don't need to do something. Be willing. Being willing is not a doing. It's a being. We don't have to do anything to have complete and total healing. We simply have to be truly willing. So anything that is a demonstration of our willingness, any thought that we can think of our willingness, is supporting the healing of our mind. We are entitled to miracles. Miracles are the purification of our awareness. They are the result of our willingness. Nothing employed for healing represents an effort to do anything at all. It is a recognition that you have no needs, which mean that something must be done. It is a recognition that you have no needs, which mean that something must be done. So let's recognize that we have no needs. It seems like we have needs. When we're identified with the ego, the ego is a voracious, never satisfied need machine. You know, we have in our human experience, we have the magnificent life of the butterfly and the metamorphosis of the caterpillar into the butterfly, right? So the butterfly represents our awakening, and the caterpillar represents our ego identification, crawling on the ground, consuming, munching, 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 and never being satisfied, right? So between the caterpillar and the butterfly, there is the chrysalis and the metamorphosis that takes place inside the chrysalis. We can have the metamorphosis whenever we choose. This is what Jesus makes clear to us in A Course in Miracles. We don't need to do anything. Be willing. That's it. It's not a doing. 
It is an unselective memory that is not used to interfere with truth. This, this part is a, it's a little cryptic here. Nothing employed for healing represents an effort to do anything at all. So nothing that's used for healing represents or is symbolic of an effort to do anything at all. We don't have to do anything. It is a recognition you have no needs, which mean that something must be done. It is an unselective memory that is not used to interfere with truth. So to me, I take this to mean the memory or remembrance of my wholeness. Sometimes I like calling it going back to the original instructions, the default setting. All things the Holy Spirit can employ for healing have been given to the Holy Spirit without the content and the purposes for which they have been made. So, in other words, Jesus is often leading us to stop looking at what you perceive as a problem and instead put your whole attention on the truth. That's the healing right there. Stop looking at the past. Stop looking at yourself now through the lens of the past. Instead, look at the truth and your attraction to the past will dissolve. But we are fascinated with the past because the image that we've made of ourselves in the past that we keep looking at in the present. Remember, this section is called the present memory. The fascination with looking at ourselves in the past as we perceived ourselves to be in the past and bringing it forward, dragging it with us now, seeing ourselves in the now moment as we were in the past through the lens of our perception. This is, the, this is a habit. This is a mental habit to day after day, moment after moment, disregard the truth of the present moment and instead be focused on the past in the now. I, I think I've mentioned this before. I had, uh, I had a friend, uh, Phil Nee, the comedian, and he, an actor, and he did some stand-up once on a treat, t- retreat I led. He, he did a whole thing for us uh, on improv. We, d- we did a bunch of improv. It was so fun. I did an artist way retreat. It was my first retreat back in 1998, I think it was. And he led our section on comedy and improv. And he said one of his jokes was about uh, in relationship, when you're starting a new romantic relationship, you're dating someone, it should be like when you're traveling on a plane, you, you can only bring one or two bags with you. That's it. You can't bring any more baggage with you. And um, this is what we do. We are bringing the baggage with us so we continuously are repeating the past and not able to experience what's real and true now. All things the Holy Spirit can employ for healing have been given to the Holy Spirit without the content and purposes for which they've been made. They are but skills without an application. They await their use. They have no dedication and no aim. The Holy Spirit can indeed make use of memory for God himself is there. So God is in our memory. And the Holy Spirit can make use of memory in this way, helping us to remember our true identity. Help. This is the present memory. Instead of the past memory, the present memory. Remembering the truth in the present rather than remembering the past in the present.
So the truth of our eternal wholeness, our Christed nature, is always available to us now if we desire it. And we do, we do, we do. But we are so attached to the false idol that we've made, our personality, our problems, uh, everything that we've made that blocks the flow of love. This is where the attachment is. We've invested so much of our identity in this false idol that we've made, that we call ourselves. But the Holy Spirit can wash it all clean and help us to remember our true nature and our true identity right now if we're willing. So remembering the truth instead of the past. Our willingness is all that's required. So for years now, I have been using affirmations like, Holy Spirit, let me see only what's true. Help me to be only interested in what's true. Help me to let go of the past permanently, to allow it to resolve and dissolve permanently back to the root cause so I never experience it again. I am interested in knowing only the truth. I am willing to forget everything from the past. I am willing to remember who I am and whose I am. And you see, this is the beauty of the truly helpful prayer. I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent the one who sent me. And the one who sent me will direct me and guide me. So I don't have to wonder or worry about what to say or what to do or where to go or when to go or why to go. Because the one who sent me will lead, guide, and direct me in each and every moment. And there's no fear because the one who sent me goes with me. For I can never be without the one who sent me. So all is well now and forever. And even if I make my bed in hell, thou art with me. And that God is my comforter. Let's place our hand on our heart and be so grateful and thankful that the love of God is what we are now and forever. We share the benefits of our healing with everyone because we are one with them. We let it be. So it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.